0: Hey, good morning, welcome to the Gathering of Recreate Church. Um, help me out with our motto, just so everybody knows it. No matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. Does that mean we can probably fix everybody's problems? Nah, but we're going to love you through them and God will have to help you and we'll, we'll be there for you. So today, Billy Honeycutt is bringing the message. Um, I'm about to forget. Any, any special announcements this morning? Anything I'm missing? I feel like I'm missing something. Okay, all right. Now, Billy, Wednesdays, yeah, Bible study on Wednesdays. Bible study on Wednesdays. Um, The uh, background checks for those working with kids—that is—that needs to be done. Those papers are out there. See, uh, see Diane for those. All right. So, Billy, I see a sledgehammer up here. Should I be concerned? Will the first few rows get wet? Because we don't have that many rows here. Are you going to smash a watermelon? I'm, I'm very familiar with pain, but not the pain of being hit with a sledgehammer. So I'm very interested to see what the Lord has put on Billy's heart. I, I, have, uh, I have some ideas. I know what he's preaching from today. So would you guys give a warm welcome to Billy Honeycutt. He's one of our elders here who's bringing the word of God today. I appreciate you. Now,
1: now we're getting ready. Woo. I'm going to start out by talking a little bit about myself. I was a little boy one time. You couldn't tell that by looking at me now. But I was real little. I I was a baby one time. My kids and grandkids probably don't believe that. But I was. I was very fortunate early on to... uh, live in a live on a farm it wasn't a real active farm we had gardens we had we ended up with two cows and they got names never let your kids name the cows because you eat the cows eventually they're pets for a long time I would ride my cow my sister would think I was stupid cause I ended on the ground I ended up on the ground every time you know it was but I remember there were some good memories of growing up on the farm one of those memories was my grandpa we lived right next to my grandparents uh the driveway was really long as far as it's kind of half circle it was that sand rock type stuff and we had oak trees right next to the driveway, and, and of course, you had oak trees. You always have roots, and and so my grandfather, when I was little, I'm talking about little, my grandfather would get up on Sunday mornings in the summertime. His only time he didn't really dress up because he was a he was a car salesman in his later years. After he retired, he sold cars. He worked in the on the Charlie cars in Detroit, Michigan, until he retired from there and then he when they moved down, then all of a sudden you know he's 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 Mr. Farmer and selling cars, but he didn't do a whole lot of farm work. My grandmother worked in the gardens my parents did, and stuff, but he he participated, but now we had barns we had a perfect playground for a kid. Uh, growing up. I mean we had sheds. Barn. Because it was an old plantation. Is what it was. We had a wash house. And the wash house had. Those big wood fired burners. With big tubs. That you would wash your clothes in those tubs. I remember. Now we didn't use those things. But they were there. And and we did have the roller type. Uh, uh, washing machine. Most ringer type called a maytag made most of them we had the old ringer type of course you know don't put your hand up in the ringer yeah you had to do something well that's kind of part of this story not the ringer but doing something stupid but but here every Sunday morning my grandfather would go out he would walk around he'd always he had a a, you know a white beater t-shirt and I never, my grandfather was very proper. But every, when we'd get up like that, he would walk around that. And because he wore a t shirt every day, because men, that's what they used to do wear a suit, tie. I always had that nice t shirt up underneath it. And he had a pocket knife. And we'd walk around the yard and he would talk about the things up there. And then he'd take his pocket knife over at the, the boxwoods and trim the tops off with the pocket knife. One little limb at a time, and 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 then we'd walk up the driveway. and Understand, this is the problem. I was a little kid, and I used to I used to flop around. I would fall. The roots in the driveway. I didn't pay attention to them. I would fall. And Grandpa's like, "Quit falling down. Pay attention where you walk." And so, sure enough, you know I. Walk along and I'd fall again. Little did I know that was going to be my whole life. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't pay attention and I would end up falling down and have to get back up. But I still have such precious memories of that. But I still remember my grandfather saying, Stop falling down, pay attention where you're walking. You know, but that wasn't the end of my life right there. That was the beginning. Those are sweet times. I remember, my father took me out. We had a wood. We had a wood He didn't take me out there to beat me, but we actually had a chicken house, a woodshed, a barn, a corn, a corn crib, and a granary down there, and, and a, a pulling garage. It was an old metal garage with license plates all over around the wall. You know, we we had things like it. It had apple trees and fruit trees and stuff like that. Just fun stuff we had rats you have chickens you got rats chicken house and let me just tell you we had rat traps and my father was very good about that he took me out there and he said okay you know those big steel traps that you open up and you got that plate right there in the middle of it you know what your father does he he don't want you to hit that thing with your finger so he took me out there he said Billy he said, don't ever hit that thing with your finger. And then he took a stick and he pushed it in there, snapped that snick stick right off. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm just a little kid now. My sister was older. She had already started school. She got, got off that bus, so what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to take my sister out there to show her that you cannot put your finger on that trap because it will snap. (laughs) And so we run out there, and I'm sewing her, you know, and it's laying there. And all of a sudden, do not put your finger in here. (laughs) And I, pow, ah, you know. Little did I know that would be the rest of my life. (laughs) That type of stuff, you know. I've done that my whole life. I got to show somebody something, and I don't pay attention at the right time. When I say stuff like that, I had a great childhood. I I, I had good parents. I I think I didn't know any better. I I got whippings. You know, we I did things. I, I walked on the ice. Don't walk on the ice. Dad catches me. We thought we'd run around, get get out of sight. No, they saw me. You been walking on the ice? No. Uh, i just saw you and then that's when my father said first time drop your drawer son pow burnt me up good i didn't walk on the ice yeah i did i later i still stupid couldn't help myself you know you do stuff all through the through my life let me just tell you i never put my finger on a trap anymore no i did not i learned I had the lesson taught to me, and then I experienced it. And so, hey, I, I to this day, I might trip and fall down, though. But as I grew up, I learned lessons of life, what you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do. And in a lot of that, I call it logic. When I worked on appliances, I would look at, I had to, uh, it called it appliance logic. I, would, I had a logical understanding of the appliance. And other technicians, if I was a trainer, I'd say, okay, you've got to have appliance logic. You've got to use a logic. How does it work? If a washing machine's not spinning, what's the logical answers here? And so you have logic. The world has logic. They have all kinds of answers for you. And I call that worldly logic. And then then you have this other stuff called religious logic where religion takes the place of God and it's not always right. And if you use that religious logic to make all your decisions and how everything works, then sometimes you'll just be wrong. It might be off this much. But it'll be off and then there's God's logic now most of us don't get to experience that until we receive Christ we just don't all I'm saying is that through life in this world we do a lot of things there's a lot of decisions that we make a lot of mistakes that we make a lot of things that we do right, a lot of things that we do wrong. We try to do the right things because it's the right logical answer. It's just all it is to it. Now, you wonder why I talked about being young. Well, I learned a lot of logical answers. I learned that if you stick your finger in a trap, it really hurts when it goes off. I know that if you're walking in rough ground, you pay attention to where you're walking. If you don't, you fall down. Just logical answers. And it, it helped me through, get through life. But I still made bad decisions. And, and it cost me lots And when I get up in front of you like this today, I want you to know that this man has lived 70 years now and he has made more mistakes than just about anybody in here. I've done a lot of wrong things. I've made poor decisions. You think that you've made poor decisions and nobody's ever done that before? Let me tell you, I've probably done it. I've probably done it, you know. I, I did not always, but it, sometimes it made good sense at the time, you know. It did, maybe drank a little bit because everybody else did, that's logical, you know. Try to drive a car and drink and, and things happen, you know, it made sense. Have sex out of marriage, it made sense at the time until my girlfriend got pregnant and we got married and that lasted a year. (laughs) Poor decisions seemed right at the time. But there's consequences. I say all this because now it's time to pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll speak through me this day I don't think I'm better than anybody in here except that I know Jesus I pray that you would anoint this time that you would use me for your glory Lord that we would hold our cups out out to be filled fill my cup Lord fill our cups Lord May we look at life and find understanding that there is a reasonable, logical way of doing everything and it's called God's logic. May we look at life through your eyes and see how things will fit together and be right. I ask and I pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, folks. We're going to talk, talk about a gal. I'm going to bring all this back around. Understand, this wasn't just mom went on, but it was to, to say this that I never come up here in front of you folks as though I've arrived. Except by the grace of God, I'm lucky to be alive right now. I understand that. Except by the grace of God, I received Christ a little bit later in my life. It was still in the early 20s. So I am not better than anybody here. But I know Jesus. And that changes everything. He is the game changer. Just in case I need this to make a point.
0: Why did I sit right here? I think I chose a bad seat.
1: I can reach you. I can reach you, but God can reach you right there, and He can reach the back row too. I'm I'm praying. What we're going to be talking about is all these logics and how it applies, and but we're going to talk about the Samaritan woman. Now, right before this instant came, this this happened. he had been in some argument or he had been a, a result of some arguments the, john the baptist you know he he came and he was paving the road for jesus when jesus came he was a game changer john said i must decrease jesus must increase but his, some of the people that were following john they were a little upset cuz now jesus get more attention He's baptizing more people. Now, Jesus did not baptize. His disciples baptized. But but it became a conflict within the the believers. John was quick to say, no, he's the son son of God. He's from God. He brings God to you. I am stepping out of the way. The Pharisees... Got wind of this. Now there's a little dissension. Now they they're upset. They're, of course, they're always upset. They're always looking for a way to get old Jesus. And so now he's, he, Jesus is kind of worried about his disciples. He goes a different way home. He it says that he went back, uh, starting in John chapter four. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. Samaria. Anybody have any ideas about Samaria? Jew Samaria. What's the deal? Speak up. Anybody know? Keith, what's the deal? Samaritans. And their, and their belief system was a little bit off, too. A little to the side. They had good religious logic. And then they had good human logic. And they were run by that. So now, all of a sudden, you've got all that. So let's see what it says about that. Huh. So he went through in town in Samaria called Sakar. Sikhar? Sakar, okay. I asked Michael because he always pronounces everything right. Sure thing, sure Billy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if he says it's right, then I'm saying yeah. <laughs> but um, now, if he's got, he put doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jo- Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down. By the well, it was about the sixth hour. Supposedly, this is about the middle of the day. This is the hottest part of the day. This is—he's sitting by the well by himself, except because now you know his disciples. And it'll talk talk about this later on. But they're going to pick up some food. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "Will you give me a drink?" His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Period. Boom. They were the lower class. Jews thought they were the lower class. Didn't want any of that to rub off on them. Samaritans knew that so Samaritans did not like the Jews either but Jesus was sitting next to a whale well wells back then they they weren't like turning on the spigot you had to lower something down and Jesus did not have anything if he was thirsty he was not going to get anything it was a good question to ask can you give me some water the Samaritan woman's not understanding it because, well, you know, oh, I think she did understand it. She wanted him to say it. Yeah, yeah. You need the Samaritan to help you out here a little bit, the Samaritan woman. But it's the middle of the day. What in the world was she doing there? What was this Samaritan woman doing in the middle of the day with a jar? Oh, all the women got their water early in the morning in the cool of the day. So why is she out here in the hottest part of the day getting her water, no one around? What kind of person was this Samaritan woman even in the Samaritan village? Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? Hmm. Hmm. Jesus answered Everyone who drinks this water Will be thirsty again But whoever drinks the water I give him Will never thirst Indeed the water I give him Will become in him A spring of water Welling up to eternal life Hmm Human logic Religious logic No Oh godly logic Maybe now it makes sense Godly logic This woman didn't have godly logic. She was trying to figure it out on her own. Yeah, she's being sarcastic maybe a little bit. What are you talking about? Give me some of that living water. That's what I would say. Give me some of that living water. She didn't know who she was talking to. She didn't know she was talking to the Son of God. And she she really didn't see anything wrong with who she was probably. Jesus has a way to meet you exactly, exactly where you are. So this is how he did it. He opened it up. I can help you, but you gotta know who you are. He told her, go call your husband and come back. Hmm. Well, I have no husband, she replied. See, it was quick to change the subject now, wasn't she? Living water. now all of a sudden, what's happening? Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. See, sometimes we have to realize that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God before God can do anything in our lives. Before he can give us living water, we have to know that we need it. That we need Jesus. And sometimes, logically, we're just okay. But I'm out here in the middle of the day drawing water. Huh. As the one, I'm sure other women talked about her and said things about her. They probably didn't whisper it either. They probably said it right in front of her face. And they probably had names for a woman like this because they were afraid that their husband might want this woman because of who she was. They didn't want to be unclean. They thought they were good enough. Hmm. Hammer drops. Who, sir? The woman said, "I can see that you are a prophet." <laughs> Let's change this up just a little bit. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm realizing our fathers worshipped. Now here's the religious logic. Let's move some religious logic in. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you have but you Jews claim that the place where you must worship is in Jerusalem. Huh. What does Jesus have? Oh, Jesus has godly godly logic. Huh. That's pretty good. You're pretty logical here. You got you got that religious stuff coming in now. So now we have human logic. Now we've got religious logic. And now we've got Jesus coming back with godly logic. Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor, nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Godly logic makes sense makes sense, woman's starting to catch on. There's something different about what he's saying and what I've thought my whole life. Look where I've gotten. He wants to take me somewhere else. He wants to take me to higher ground. Oh, let me just tell you something. He wants to take you. He wants to take everyone in here to higher ground. He wants to do that today. Today he wants to take you to higher ground. He don't want to wait till tomorrow. Because you're hearing things in godly logic. Maybe something's starting to click. Click, click, click. The hammer's coming. The hammer's coming. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Woo! (laughs) It's Jesus. It's Jesus speaking. It's the Messiah. It's the Savior. It's the one who has all the answers. He can give you godly wisdom and godly logic. It don't look like those other logics. It's something new. It's something fresh. Then the disciples did come back and, you know, they're thinking. They didn't say anything, but here's Jesus. He's talking to this Samaritan woman. Oh, my goodness. What is he going to do next? But it said, Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Come, this is the Christ. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. See, now she's getting it. She has to tell someone else. Why was she there at the well to get water? Where is the water? Where's the jug? She didn't care. Now that does not matter because she's met Christ and it changed her life. And she's got to tell somebody else. She's got to go tell the whole town. Listen, he knew everything I've done. He's the Christ. He's the Christ. He's the Christ. Well, his disciples, you know, they, I kind of want to play this down a little bit. This is getting a little bit too much. Uh, Jesus, are you hungry? Uh, Jesus said, No, I'm not hungry. You know, uh, and they, they they worried about him. You know, somebody snuck him some food. No, and but Jesus knew. You know, he said, My food is is telling people. I got work to do. I got work to do. I got to tell people about me and what's happening and what's coming. My father's work needs to be done, needs to be finished. I need to be about my father's work. That's what I live off of, doing my father's work. You move on down to verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believed just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. <clears throat> the whole village. The whole village. Jesus met a woman where she was. That was deep in sin. She didn't even think about it. I think she had a miserable life. She tried all the things that she knew. The worldly logic. She tried religious logic. (laughs) But now she knew the truth. And the truth will set her free. The truth will set you free. So let's throw a little bit of sin in here. Let's just see what the Bible... Sin that okay. Sometimes we excuse ourselves because everybody else sins all the time. I don't know. In Romans, it talks about you know the grace of God and how He uh, forgives us. What does He say about? Should does that mean that I should continue to sin? King James says it best. God forbid. (laughs) He said, God forbid you don't continue to sin when 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 he talked to the woman who was caught in adultery he had with the sin the last thing he said to her go and sin no more in the beginning of time as we know it all the way back in Genesis in chapter 4 with Cain and Abel. You see where Cain and Abel were the sons of Adam and Eve. Cain being the oldest, Abel being the youngest. Cain was a worker in the field. He raised crops. Abel, he took care of the flocks. When it came to offer God something as a sacrifice to honor God, Abel took the first fruits of his flock, the fat of his flock, the firstborn, the perfection, the meat, the blood as a sacrifice. That was what was required. Cain had a different idea. See, sin is not always what we think it is. Cain used a human logic. I'll just bring my first fruits. That's not what God required. My first fruits, vegetables, things out of my field, the best. God came back, looked at Abel's sacrifice what he'd given and he was pleased he was pleased looked at Cain's sacrifice what he'd given he was not pleased it said that his face fell his face fell God says well, why don't you know that if you just do the right thing if you would just do what I've asked you to do everything would be okay. I would be pleased. But he would warn Cain. He said, don't you know, right now, if you just do what was right, that's good. But sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Sin is crouched at the door. Wanting to have its own way with you. Sin is crouched at the door, wants to have its own way with you. Cain took his brother out into the field and killed him. Worldly logic. Get rid of the competition worldly logic sin is crouched at the door here I am sin have your own way sin is that way in every one of our lives it's crouched at the door it wants to have you when someone is being uh, seducing someone else First, it's a word. It's a look. Moves on to a touch. Come on in. You're pretty. I want you. You're perfect. Sin. Seduction. Yes. You like that touch? How about a little more? Keeps the coat money in grabbing hold of you. Next thing you know, sin has grabbed hold of your arm and is squeezing it and you can't get loose and it puts you in a vice and it chains you down. It chains you down because you got the look. Because sin was crouched at the door and you opened the door And let the sin in. How many of you have done that? Over and over and over again. We do it to ourselves. Am I talking to you? I'm talking to us. I'm hearing from God saying, Don't do that. Don't let sin, sin come into your life and control you. I got the hammer. I got the hammer. Let me just tell you, when there's a big rock in the driveway that I can't get out, I get the hammer. I get the big hammer. And I take care of it. When sin comes into my life. And I can't deal with it. I go get the hammer. You know why? Because I've got Jesus right here. He lives within me. I know that he is the hammer. He carries the big hammer. And he can relieve me from that sin. He can get me out of it. God does not say that your circumstances will be easy. They will not be light. They will, you will still go through hard times. I'm telling you, throughout the Bible, people have gone through hard times. What does Jesus say? I'll go with you through it. I will get you out the backside. But don't fall into the sin. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fire. Oh, there's four people in there. I thought we put three in. Jesus will go through with you through the fire. They came out unscorched. Throughout the Bible, Jesus went with people through really hard things. Really hard. Hard things. He went through them with them. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You do not have to live in sin if you know the hammer. you know the hammer and you're willing to pick it up and use it chain breaker Woo, not yet getting soon yeah baby got the pastor's mind going yeah it's all now okay, okay. now I'm going to go back to me telling you what life has not been easy here most of it's because I'm not I'm not being good to myself every time I've got the hammer had a little cancer going on didn't let me get didn't, didn't put me in the ground God needed me for something else got the hammer got the hammer Had a little heart attack. God needs me for something else. Got the hammer. I got the hammer. Oh, I've fallen off the wagon. I've done bad things in my life. I don't live there. I don't stay there. I get the hammer. Let me just tell you. There's not one person in this room that does not need the hammer. We are All, we all need Jesus. We all need the hammer. We all need to be saved. We all need to have Jesus to go with us through the things that we cannot take. We cannot do it. We need to be saved. I call it, I call it the quicksand syndrome. Quicksand logic. What do you do when you fall in quicksand? I, probably none of y'all fall in quicksand you've seen the movies what happens when people fall in quicksand what's the logical thing to do what, what, what is a logical time thing to do whenever you get captured in anything fight 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 you do that in quicksand you just sink faster you keep going down you keep going down Some of you folks have been fighting stuff your whole life. Maybe a little sip of that alcohol. Oh, it's okay. It's just a little sip. No, it changes your life the second it touches your lips. You fight it on your own. I can control it. Sin is crouched at the door. You can't control it. Quicksand logic. God logic. You need a savior. You need the hammer. You don't need to fight no more. You need to rest in the hands of Jesus to have him pull you out, to go through it with you and help you. You can't do it. You can't do it. You've fought it your whole life. You cannot do it. It didn't work then. It doesn't work now. It won't work in the future. It's quicksand. You fight. You just get deeper into it. You fight. You just get deeper into it. You fight. You just get deeper into it. You need the hammer. You need the hammer. You've been seduced. You've fallen into the trap. You're the little boy. That stuck his finger in there to show someone else how not to do it. And it got you. It's not letting go. You learn. You learn. Did I learn to pick up the hammer quickly? First time? Second time? No, but I pick it up quicker now than I ever have in my life. I grab hold of this thing, and I'm going to beat that rock out of the driveway because nothing else is going to work. I can't kick it. I can't beat it. Can't talk it out. It takes the hammer. You fall in quicksand. If you ever fall in quicksand, don't, don't fight it. You scream out and say, Help me. You try to float or something, but don't fight it. It just makes you go down faster. When you fall in sin, and you do fall in sin, it's too big for you. You need help. You need a Savior. God's logic worked good for the Samaritan woman. He addressed the sin. He addressed the knowledge that he was the Son of God and he was the Christ. He addressed the religious logic, the human logic, and then he said, here's the godly logic. I want a big dose of it. I want some of that. I want a lot of it. I want a lot of that good godly logic because I get in the stuff too often. I need help. I need a savior. I need the hammer. I need the hammer. Hmm. This day this day this is the day this is the day to look for the hammer I'll loan you my hammer his name is Jesus you could have him but I'm not letting go of him there are people here who need Jesus Christ as their savior There's people here that need Jesus Christ as your Savior. I need Jesus Christ as my Savior first. And I need to hold on. Every day, every moment. I need to learn to follow, to submit, not to fight, to surrender to the Savior and let Him be Lord. He is the chain breaker. We've been hearing the
2: same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Feel lost? He's a waymaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. When there's a better life, there's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way in If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it,
1: if you receive
2: it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. You feel lost, he's a maker. If you need freedom, well save him. He's a prison shaken savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom, we well save him. He's a prison shaken savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
1: Okay. Can you close this Thank you. Yeah, I'll, I'll take care of it. Okay. You, you got my back? I got your back. Folks, we've talked, and I've tried to explain to you that I'm just a man. No better, no worse. But I do have Jesus. These words that I spoke today, I hope they came straight to your heart because I believe that they were from God. We need to hear from God. Men get in the way. We need to hear what God has to say. Nothing I've talked about today are things that I have not experienced. I've experienced all the bad. My brother over here said we're all family here. When I'm talking to my family, I love you. I want you to love Jesus and know that Jesus loves you. I want you to know that God cares for every little thing that goes on in your life and He wants to rescue you. If you need a list of sins, I can put them out there. Anger, cheating, lying, running around on your wife or on your husband, alcohol, drugs. I can say all those things. You need to say what's got you bound. It's time. You said, Jesus... Bring the hammer. I need you, Lord. I need you more than anything else. I have laid on my face down, cried out to the Lord, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need the hammer. Because I'm beat down. I can't do anything. Today is the day. God wants to meet you. If you need Jesus? He'll save you. If you need a helper, if you need a chain breaker, whatever you need, Jesus. It's always the answer. It's the godly answer. It's the godly logic. Jesus is the answer. Jesus. 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 The sweetest name I know. I would ask that Michael close in prayer. And if you won't do something, you can sit right there. You can come up here. Front here. You can talk to anybody. But let me just tell you when Jesus does something in your life, you got to be like this woman at the well. You got to go tell somebody. You got to go tell somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. Jesus is the answer. Amen.
0: Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and your goodness. And thank you for the message today. And God, please for anyone in this room or anyone here in this that that needs to be saved i pray they would not leave the spot they're in until until they've done business lord thank you so much for sending jesus to be our savior and i, I pray that many many more will come to know him as lord and savior and, and have the new life that he gives and lord i just i want to pray along with anybody right now who needs to pray and lord we I pray that you'll, you'll prompt every heart that needs to do so to, to say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I, I don't want that in my life anymore. I want to be saved. I want to be new. Lord, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your son. I give myself to you and I ask for forgiveness and the new life that comes through Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being a part of this service today. Come on back next week. And may the Lord be with you. Take care.